Morning, everybody. Lance Russell and Dave Brown right along ringside. By golly, we're about ready to go with more big action. Thank you very much, and welcome to Georgia Championship Wrestling. I'm Gordon Sula, your host, and we have quite an hour in store for us. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Championship Wrestling at ringside. This is Vince McMahon along with wrestling's only living legend, Bruno Sammartino. Welcome to this week's edition of Mid-South Wrestling Television. I'm your host, Boyd Pierce, another outstanding card. Hey, guys, and welcome back to the Regional Wrestling Podcast, where we talk the territories. And, of course, as always, I am your host, Ray Russell. This week, we head back to the Georgia Territory in June of 1981 with guest co-host Jamie Ward. As we continue on that George Scott era here in Georgia, this week, the world champion Harley Race back in town, plus the brand new tag team of Terry Gordy and Superfly Jimmy Snuka. Wow, okay. Can't wait for that. Plus, we'll head off to the Omni once again as Ken Patera challenges Wildfire Tommy Rich for his Georgia Heavyweight Championship. And the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, comes to town to take on Harley Race for the NWA World Title. Then from there, Jay Youngblood will arrive in town. Look at that George Scott influence. Yes, Jay Youngblood now in the Georgia Territory looking for some quote-unquote Indian revenge. But on who? That is the question there. Also this week, the national tag team champions Ted DiBiase and Steve-O going up against the NWA World Tag Team Champions Ole and Gene Anderson, the Minnesota Wrecking Crew. We're going to discuss all of that and so much more. But first, just a friendly reminder, guys, that you can listen to the Regional Wrestling Podcast along with sister shows like the Wrestling Memory Grenade, currently covering the 1988 and the WWF Project, as well as our program, the Wrestling Stoop, with the legend himself, Bob Roop, as Bob goes back in time and shares personal stories and memories from throughout his 20-plus years in the business, both in the ring as well as behind the scenes. And you can listen to all of those shows and more, plus some new ones coming around the corner. Stay tuned. All of them part of the WrestleCopia podcast network located over at WrestleCopia.com. That's WrestleCopia.com and anywhere your podcast streaming needs are met. From Apple to Spotify, Pocket Cast and beyond. Also, be sure to follow me on social media for all the latest goings on here at the WrestleCopia podcast network. Plus, I'm constantly adding old school video clips and pictures from throughout wrestling history, and you can start right off by following me on X, formerly the Twitter. You can follow me there at Wrestling Grenade. That's at R-A-S-S-L-I-N Grenade. Also, follow and like me, Facebook.com slash Wrestling Grenade. And hey, guys, while you're at it, why not subscribe to my YouTube channel, YouTube.com slash Wrestling Grenade, uploading new footage all the time, including right here, 1986 UWF. We've been uploading them as we talk about them here on the show, so you guys can actually go check out the programs that we're talking about. Uploading every episode of UWF TV here in 1986 in chronological order. And again, that address, youtube.com slash wrestling grenade. Subscribe today. And hey, guys, speaking of subscriptions, now would be a fantastic time if you would consider becoming a WrestleCopia patron. And you can find me there at patreon.com slash WrestleCopia. That address again, patreon.com slash WrestleCopia. And I'm talking to you guys today about that $5 all-access tier. Get you all sorts of gifts for just 5 bucks, including all of my insanely detailed book-like show notes, pages and pages of show notes for every episode of The Grenade Show, Monday Warfare, and of course, the Regional Wrestling Podcast. You also get early access to many of the podcasts here on WrestleCopia, where you can listen days and sometimes as much as a week earlier than the rest of the listeners. Then from there, it's remastered versions of the earliest episodes of The Grenade Show, covering the 1989 NWA project. 
includes enhanced sound quality plus new content and conversation never heard before. But that's still not all. You also get digital downloads for your viewing and reading pleasure. And of course, our Patreon-exclusive watch-along series covering many past WWF and WCW events, guys. And you get all of that for the low, low price of just $5. No subscription. Cancel any time. Show your support. Give it a try for a month. I think you'll like the content that I offer. And every penny of it goes right back here into paying the bills to keep the Russell Copia Podcast Network and all of the wonderful shows here up and running for the months and the years to come. All right, guys, with that out of the way, it's time to travel back in time yet again to 1981 in Georgia Championship Wrestling. Oh, man, I've been waiting for this one quite a while now. I'm glad to have him back on the show. Finally, the holidays are over. I heard there had been a Jamie Ward sighting, and I went out to the dangerous badlands of the Philadelphia, Pennsylvania area, and I nabbed that rare white Bengal tiger. And now we're bringing him back to the show here this week for more Georgia goodness. Let's welcome him back. One of the best. Welcome back, Jamie Ward, to the show. Jamie, welcome back to Regional Wrestling. Oh, the only reason he nabbed me is because the snow melted away. and You could finally see me. That's, I wasn't blending in anymore. That could be it. Like like one of those movies you see where the snow's up past the doorway. You can't even get out of your house. But it, it's good to have you back after the holidays, Jamie. Yeah, it was, it was a uh, beautiful holiday season. Family was home. You know, post office kept me busy. And sure, now sure. we're getting back to a normal schedule in life. Well, that's good. That means maybe we can get you back here a little more often on the show, which is always a plus. Lots of people waiting for more of that Georgia goodness. And I said, I ain't doing it without Jamie Ward. So uh, here, here we go. We're back in, uh, back in the month of uh, June here in 1981. The George Scott era continues, Jamie, as uh, we go on to June 13th to kick off this week's show. Chattanooga, Tennessee, and the Memorial Auditorium right out of the gate. It's the Battle of the Hacksaws, or at least the future Hacksaws. It's Bruce Reed defeating Big Jim. Oh, sorry, going to a draw with Big Jim Duggan there. Also on the card, Iron Mike Sharp teaming with Bruce Reed once again. Two matches in a row, perhaps, here. It's uh, Sharp and Reed over at Big Jim Duggan, also working double duty, and the French Angel. And we're going to see a little more of that here on the house shows now that George Scott has taken over. Kind of a cost-cutting measure, perhaps, uh, getting some of these guys to do double duty, or do you think he's just waiting to bring some of his other guys in? He's just waiting for the remainder of the troops to arrive. That sounds good to me. Yeah, well, all the big names coming in, you know them, Jamie, I know them. Of course, Michael Hayes will be back, but also the mass superstars, some of the other talent right around the corner going to arrive. Got to be able to pay these guys in order to do that. They had to cut some ties with some of the other talent, which we're going to see abruptly leave here very shortly. But Bruce Reed, Jim Duggan, not one of them. They're going to both be here for a little bit here. Anyways, Jim Duggan, when does he leave, Jamie? Do you know? Sometime in July, I think Duggan will leave, but he'll be back before the end of the year, I think on two separate occasions. Okay. He'll be back for like two one-month runs. Oh, very cool. So they like them some Jim Duggan here in the Georgia Territory. Also on the card in Chattanooga, it's Terry Gordy. He's back. Back in the territory is Bam Bam Gordy defeating Ted Oates here. Also on the card, Ken Patera defeating national champion Steve-O. Uh, this had to be a non-title matchup. Patera does not win that title. Yeah. I don't know that they're even acknowledging the title at this point. Well, 
from what we can see, you know, splicing things together, yeah, they really haven't mentioned that Steve O's still the national champion and the Georgia junior heavyweight champion. Oh well, you got can't forget that Georgia junior heavyweight. Remember, title. he's a he's a tri champion at this point in time. Perhaps the longest reigning uh, Georgia junior heavyweight champion. Uh, you'd have to think at this point. He held the belt basically all year. And to this day, I just don't think he ever lost it. That that could be. That could be. maybe he has it up somewhere. If they even had a belt, I don't even recall. Uh, but uh, away we go. Main event time, Jamie Chattanooga. Look at this one. The American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, comes to town and battles to a no contest with Bruiser Brody. I don't recall ever seeing that match before on tape. I wonder if that's out there. Yeah, I've never seen any Rhodes-Brody matches, except maybe there's one floating around from Japan at some point, because I'm not, you know, I'm not really up on the Brody timeline of him jumping back between New Japan and All Japan. But it's very possible him and Dusty were in New Japan at that same point, along with Backlund and a, a host of other big names. Now, I haven't went out and gone and looked for this matchup, so it very well may be on YouTube. People may be yelling at us right now, Jamie. What are you guys talking about? It's on YouTube. That is possibly the case. I don't know. Uh, but I'm going to have to talk to a Japanese wrestling historian, Dan Janetti, and see, see if there's a matchup out there somewhere between the American Dream and Bruiser Brody. But here, battling to a no contest, guys, as we roll on to June the 15th, Augusta, Georgia, Bell Auditorium. It's the Gibson Brothers, Ricky and Robert, going to a draw with Brian St. John and the French Angel. And then from there, Bruce Reed scoring a win over Brian St. John. So see what I was talking about, guys, with that double duty. Also on the card, national champion Steve Ho over Big Jim Duggan. Ken Patera defeating Iron Mike Sharp. And in the main event tonight here in Augusta, it's the American Dream. Once again, Dusty Rhodes defeating Terry Gordy on a disqualification. So some big-time matches here for Big Dust back in the territory. Dusty's definitely um, earning his money as a champ. I mean, as we know going forward also, he's going to meet an array of challengers in Georgia and also uh, down in Florida. Well, they're giving him some big names to work with here. Obviously, main event draws in them. Well, Terry Gordy will be. He has been with the Freebirds. He will be on his own as well. And Bruiser Brody, enough said there. And Dusty Rhodes, some big matches here for those towns. As we go on, June the 16th, Macon, Georgia at the Coliseum. It's Ricky Gibson over Tommy Wright. Mike Sharp defeating the French Angel. Superfly Jimmy Snuka over Robert Gibson. Could have been a fun matchup there. Ted DiBiase teaming with Bruce Reed to defeat the team of Paul Ellering. What a random pop-up here. Paul Ellering and Brian St. John doing the job there to Reed and Ted DiBiase. And then yeah, because we, of- haven't, we haven't seen Ellering since he first came in. No, we haven't seen Precious Paul, the living doll. No more promos. What a bummer. I know he'll be back eventually, but man, that was that was a great way to kick off with those those random precious Paul Ellering interviews, and then nothing, and then we see him pop up once or twice here in random house shows over the last couple of weeks. I can't explain it. I can't either. I don't even. And I know. was always a Paul, not to the uh, the Michael Hayes extent, but I was always a Paul Ellering guy until he got to the with the Road Warriors. I didn't like that version of Paul Ellering. Well, you know what? I'll I'll support that. I'll support that one hundred percent. Also on the card, main event action, it was uh, Ken Patera taking on Tommy Rich for the Georgia title, winner unknown. However, we do know that Tommy Rich retained the title at this point. As uh, we go on, also on the card, a 14-man battle royal, $6,500 on the line. What a random number to come up with there, $6,500 battle well, royal. Well, that's because they did one of two things. Either they walked around ringside and asked the fans to put money into a hat. <laughs> oh, the old gimmick. Or... It was half of the 50-50 as you walked in the door. Ah, yes, the 50-50, another great gimmick of the old pro wrestling past. You know, the 50-50 still exists today. I I, I know. A a major league ballpark without having 
a 50-50 raffle going on. Oh, no. And even on some of the indies, though, I wouldn't really participate in a 50-50 raffle on, a, on an indie show, per se. Maybe depending on the, the indie company. No, not, not as a wrestling. I'll, I'll take <laughs> but, my chance of getting a couple grand, you know, from the uh, from the Phillies or the Washington yeah. Nationals. Now that that I wouldn't mind but, doing. Yeah, I put in I but, put in a couple of bucks no, here. No way am I going to trust <laughs> that. You know, I only win a hundred hours from a fifty fifty and uh, in making Georgia. Yeah, I'd probably go better with a fifty fifty at a bar than I would an indie show. No offense, guys. Just saying. As <laughs> we, we roll on, but $6,500, what a, what a random number here. As we go on June 17th, Columbus, Georgia, Memorial Auditorium, Ted Oates battling the French angel Frank Morell to a draw in Columbus. Ted Oates opening the show and going to a draw with a, a prelim guy like the French angel. You know, there's a new booker in town. And you know, Ted wasn't happy about that. No, there's no way. This isn't Jerry's town. I mean, they want to draw with the uh, French angel. Even though Frank Morell has, at this point, has been around a long time. And as we go through these house shows, the angel doesn't do as many jobs as you think he's going to do. Yeah, it's uh, it's quite peculiar, to he be can't... honest with you, because he's doing the jobs on TV when they use him on TV. Yeah. He's certainly just there to open the show. He's always in the first or second match. And, and he's getting up there in age. He's not really very mobile at this point in his career either. But he's a big dude. And like you said, he's been around. I'm not really knocking the fact that they're using him here. It's just they're not going to do anything with him. So it's kind of odd that they're protecting him. They just need to get him over on the house shows to make him seem more important. But Frank was a good hand. And uh, I'm going to guess him and George Scott probably had some past relationship because he's going to hang around a while. It's not that uh, Frank's headed back to Memphis anytime soon. Right. Also here in Columbus, Superfly Jimmy Snuka over Tommy Wright. Bruce Reed defeating Big Jim Duggan. It's Ken Patera over Iron Mike Sharp in a... No disqualification match. So they brought this match back here in Columbus. No DQ this time around. Patera going over. So I think it's safe to say the feud here in Columbus is over between Patera and Mike Sharp. Patera likely to go on to bigger and better things, as we'll see. And in the final match of the night, it's the tag team champions, the national tag team champions, Ted DiBiase and Steve O scoring a win over Terry Gordy and Brian St. John. So who do you think did the job there? Well, obviously it was Terry Gordy. Well, absolutely. uh, but in all seriousness, Brian St. John became another good hand for both George Scott and when Ole takes over. He, he's not going anywhere for a little bit either. Yeah, not until his injury, I, I don't believe, which is unfortunate. I don't know that he ever really returns from it. But Brian St. John, he was a pretty decent hand, I thought, when he teamed with Stan Lane in Florida. Just the little footage that is out there of that. And even here, that we got a match or two of him early on when he first popped up here in Georgia a month or two ago. Uh, but now, not so much getting a lot of TV time. And when he does, he's no. usually on the, the losing end, as he is here. But at least it's in a main event type matchup here, taking on the tag team champions and teaming with and Terry year, Gordy. Yeah, and teaming with Gordy. And a year ago, him and uh, Stan Lane are making appearances on Georgia Championship Wrestling. That's right. Yep. With the uh, Eddie Graham influence, the Eddie Graham and Bill Watts influence at that point. I think that was right where we first started when we did our first show together. Right about that time, when we did our 1980 review, we started right around the time that St. John and Lane had just come in. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't I don't recall, but uh, that, that would have been cool to have covered that a little more. But unfortunately, we were just setting the stage for 81. So maybe someday, Jamie, we'll go back and dissect 1980, because that was a dynamic year as well, the, the big turn and all that good stuff. But right now, guys, we are smack dab in the middle of, literally in the middle of 1981 in the month of June. As uh, we go on, Porterdale, Georgia at the high school, 
The card looks like this. It's Bruce Reed again over Jim Duggan. Robert Gibson defeating Tommy Wright. Ted DiBiase and Steve-O defeating the team of Brian St. John and the French Angel. So a bit of a step down there for St. John. It was Gordy on the last show. This time it's just Frank Morrell. And then finally, now that remember guys, this is just a high school. So they go a little light on the card here. The main event of the show, it's Mike Sharp defeating Ken Patera on a disqualification. And you have to think, no harm, no foul here, putting the baby faces over all night long to keep the high school crowd happy. And that's what you want to do when you go into these little towns like this, into a high school. Send them home happy. Let the faces win them all. I would have loved to have had a microphone at ringside for the sharp <laughs> terror matches. Can, can you imagine all the grunts that you would have heard? I, I mean, you've seen who, who was a tennis player that they did the uh, the grunt video over, and it was actually kind of perverted. But <laughs> it sounds like I'm it. not. I'm not saying this for perverted reasons. I, I forget. Uh, no, it would be comical reasons. Yeah, comical reasons. Well, we would have got our wish. You know, another year later, we would have got our wish had this been world class with all the boom mics and everything they were introducing oh, yeah. your ringside. That would have been a, a barn burner of a of a. But you put these two guys in a high school gym. Imagine the echoes of sharp lands a forearm on Patera's back or vice versa. The only thing missing is Lex Luger selling. Ow! And so. Yeah, but just a small, nice card there for the high school, Jim. And uh, everybody, I'm sure, had a good time. They got to cheer their their heroes after every matchup. Baby faces go over from top to bottom there. As we move on to Saturday night, 6.05, June the 20th, WTBS Studios. And straight away, Jamie, Gordon Soley bringing out the NWA World Heavyweight Champion. Harley Race is here in studio, and he's taken issue with some of the stipulations announced for his upcoming world title match versus the American Dream Dusty Rhodes upcoming at the Omni, and thus Harley has called into town the president of the NWA, Mr. Jim Crockett. To the world heavyweight champion, Harley Race, because uh, uh, there was a contract signing here on Georgia Championship Wrestling last week that apparently uh, has caused uh, a disparity of, uh, of thinking uh, or some confusion. Uh, I thought we might try and get that straightened out. Well, let me straighten it out for you. As soon as I heard about it, I got in touch with Mr. Crockett, asked him to come back down here and straighten this thing out once and for all. The title should never, ever, ever be on the line with a disqualification stipulation in there such as is in there right at this time. I do not like it. I have lodged my protest. The man is here. I wish he would come in and clear this thing up. I called him earlier in the week. Let's hear what he's got to say. All right, of course, to my left is the president of the National Wrestling Alliance, uh, Mr. Jim Crockett. And uh, I understand that you have been involved in a conference call on this. That's right, Gordon. I appreciate you having me here because uh, I thought uh, I owed it to Mr. Race to tell him in person the decision of the board of directors of the National Wrestling Alliance. Uh, he is uh, unhappy with the clause saying that the title can change hands on a disqualification. Uh, this is very rare. But since he agreed to it, the board of directors have decided that that stipulation will stand and also that I should sit at ringside to make sure the rules are carried out to the letter of the law. You've got to, you've got to be kidding. You have actually got to be out here in jest. You have got to be kidding. It's that's just, that's just too much. Well, all I can say, Mr. Crockett, is thank you very much. Thank you very much, Gordon. 
Jim Crockett, ladies and gentlemen, and there it stands. There it stands in a very disgruntled and uh, incredulous uh, world heavyweight champion, Harley Race. Well, there it was, Harley Race taking issue with the contract versus Dusty Rhodes. A title changing hands on a disqualification should never be in a world championship contract. And I'll agree there, Harley. Unfortunately for Race, Jim Crockett doubling down here, refusing to alter the stipulations in the contract. And boy, was Harley pissed in this interview. He's not happy that they're going to do the uh, disqualification thing here. It's never been done in wrestling before. And I'll tell you what, if I was Jim Crockett, I would have, you know, probably backed down from Harley. But Crockett used the old board of advisors and blamed them, not himself, for the stipulation. Well, you know, we've seen it here and there. It's been done in wrestling. The uh, no title changing hands on an ODQ, usually it's a return match because the heel intentionally got himself disqualified the last time around. But that's not the case here. This match uh, booked out of nowhere. The fans booked it, remember, guys? And then Dusty Rhodes signed the contract right there on TV. And the no DQ stipulation, or excuse me, the title changing hands on DQ stipulation was slid into the contract. And there's no really good reason why, but it's very interesting. And I I think it was really just done to try and guarantee the fans to make some last minute ticket sales, I do believe, really. Because now we got another reason to believe, hey, maybe Dusty can't pin Harley Race, but now there's another chance that he could win the gold. Yeah, and I think we mentioned it on the, the last show that they even mentioned the uh, last tangle in Tampa where Dusty wasn't supposed to get any more title shots title in shots, Harley right. Race. But the people demanded it. He he won the vote-in contest of who should get a title shot. Even though you would have thought in one of these best-of things that have been on YouTube, there would have been some mention of it. But you would think. out of nowhere, they won. Maybe they had it in Florida and they just – Decide to announce the winner in Georgia. No, Dusty was just that over. People were just sending in letters, Jamie, demanding that he get a world title shot. That That's what happened. Okay. If you say so, I'll go <laughs> along with it. I'm sure Ted DiBiase wasn't happy about it. Hey, I didn't book it that way. No, we're going to, well, I can't wait to get to that point in time. I think that's going to be on the next, uh, <laughs> our next round on regional wrestling, Ted DiBiase. Uh, responding to the new world heavyweight champion. But uh, we continue on with this episode, this edition of Regional Wrestling, guys. It's Superfly Jimmy Snook in the ring, scoring a win over at Mike Jackson. Had to be a fun TV squash there. As we go off now, Gordon Soley standing by with the brand new tag team of the Superfly and Terry Gordy. I want to take a couple of closing moments right now to talk to what appears to be a brand new tag team combination. Terry Gordy and uh, Superfly Jimmy Snooker. First of all, welcome to Georgia. Thank you. There's one thing I just like to mention to the people in TV Wonderland. The people might want to know exactly where I'm from. Well, I'm from the Fiji Islands, which is the paradise of the South Pacific. And I was born and raised in the Fiji Islands, raised up in Honolulu, Hawaii. And I just like to say hi to my friends, and especially one favorite friend that I like to mention too. It's Curtis, get well, brother. And I just mentioned one thing, that the people is really gonna like me very much here. And I'm really looking forward to it, because I love it. And I love it very much to be here and wrestle here, because this is where the greatest is to come around the world. And obviously, the fact that you've come out here with Terry Gordy indicates to me that you two are, in fact, going to become a tag team combination. Well, let me tell you something. We've got a lot of surprises for you people out there. Just stick around and just remember, just keep watching wrestling because you're going to see the best. Because this is where the best come from. What do you think, Terry? 
Hey, that's right, baby. I want you to take a good look at this pair right here, Gordon Chody. You know I can get out here and say, baby, we're the big, bad, and toughest, but we know we're the... So not the complete promo there, but interesting nonetheless. Jimmy Snuka wishing Curtis to get well. I have to assume maybe Curtis Iakea. Don't really know what was going on there, but a very babyface promo by the Superfly. And I got to wonder, Jamie, did he even know he was a heel here, brother? Well, I'm sure George Scott told him, but whether it registered in his mind was probably something totally different. Very polite to Gordon Soley and just kind of the way he, he spoke here. It was just very babyface-esque, very milk toast, if you will, and then wishing someone well on top of all of that. Very odd, but not a single mention of the Freebirds this week, as if they had never existed the past eight months, as if Terry Gordy hasn't been here wrecking bodies since October of last year. Yeah, there's no no mention of the Freebirds at all, or that he's even a former Freebird uh, at this point. It's not until, well, we, we get into a match later in this that we'll even hear those words right. uttered. Just really odd. The whole promo's odd. They're not really referencing Gordy being here prior to this, even though we know he has been. And they will. They'll, they'll eventually mention that. But it's just weird in this specific promo. And then Jimmy Snuka just cut a complete babyface promo, as I'm sure you guys all heard. Uh, but we go on. Also on the program, the likes of Bruce Reed over Ken Timms. A handicap matchup. But who's in the handicap here? Is it's Bruiser Brody over David White and Barry Cummings. Also, national tag team champions Ted DiBiase and Steve O defeating the team of Terry Harris. And Buck Brannigan, one of your favorite prelims. I like Buck Brannigan. He could have got a push. Now, back to the Brody match real quick. Yeah. Our audience on this show is old school people, you know, old school wrestling fans. And because of Meltzer, a lot of old school wrestling fans love Bruiser Brody. Sure. If you're one of those people, you're loving a match like this where he just goes in and beats the hell out of two guys. Well, he was getting it done. I, I guess he was getting those I, I matches mean, done too quickly with one guy, right? So what's better than one guy? Two guys. Let's th- throw two in there for Brody to beat up. And if you're watching, you go back and watch this and and just think, if you were watching it live when you were a kid, you'd oh swear God. Bruiser Brody was real. Oh, well, the day he, mean, uh, he put that I one mean, guy in the, in the wheelchair and then booted his face off, that was phenomenal yeah, for exactly. the times. And when he delivers forearms, they're stiff. There's no... You just got to take that. <laughs> yeah, there's no give. He just he's laying it into the chest or, or wherever he decides to throw it. As uh, we go on with the show, though, up next, uh, well, we just saw Ted DiBiase and Steve-O in action, Jamie. And now we're going to hear from the national tag team champions. Here they are once again. It's Ted DiBiase and your buddy, Mr. Personality, Steve-O. Their young wrestlers uh, in existence today are the Georgia Tag Team Champions, Steve-O and Ted DiBiase. And a pleasure to have you back out, gentlemen. It's a pleasure to be here, Gordon. It's always a pleasure to, to, uh, to come here and talk with you. You know, there's a lot of things going on in Georgia right now. And Steve and I have formed a, uh, a team that we think we're pretty proud of and uh, that uh, can go up about against any team that uh, that comes along. And there's a lot of tag teams. There's a lot of new things going on. I see Terry Gordy has come back to the Georgia area on his own, insisting that he is no longer a free bird and has formed a new alliance with uh, with this Jimmy Snooker. Well, one thing I want to say and get it out of the way. Terry Gordy, I'm not finished with you. 
As far as I'm concerned, you're still a freebird. You know, I thought it was Michael Hayes that was the one that ran away and was a sissy. But when the going got tough, Gordy disappeared. And now he's back with a strong partner saying that, you know, well, we run everybody off, but we didn't run off Terry Gordy. Well, we'll sell that later. There's a lot of other things going on. We've been defending these tag team titles since we've had them successfully. You know, the, the Andersons are still around. Uh, Ole and Gene Andersons, they are the world tag team champions. We'd like to have a shot at those and prove ourselves as as re good representatives of, of, of Georgia and also the world. Steve, you know, I noticed one thing about Jimmy Snuka. He uh, speaks very quietly, but his actions are quite, quite loud in the ring. We have to uh, beware of a man that speaks quietly, uh, maybe softly, because the man's actions speak louder than his words. In the ring, you know, Gordon, every time you step into the ring, uh, something comes over a person, something comes over your mind, you have to change your whole attitude. Uh, a person may be uh, meek and mild outside the ring, when you get inside the ring, you know, you're going for the gold, you're going for the money, the pride, the prestige, it all has to happen. You know, there's something special, too, about all the great wrestling fans, when you get in there, the crowd starts to drive you. I know Ted and I have said that many times, but it's still very important to Ted and I and it's also very important to know that what we do is appreciated by the people and right now I think we've got everything going for us right now we got a style we've got a trend we've got a movement and we're ready to accept any and all challenges not only in the Georgia area Columbus Ohio Huntington West Virginia but all over the world thank you so very much the Georgia tag team champions Ted DiBiase and Steve-O. And gentlemen, thank you for uh, taking the time to be with us today. We really appreciate it. And there it was, Teddy addressing Terry's return, Terry Gordy's return to the territory in a brand new tag team. He says the Freebirds are no more, and he does mention that Gordy disappearing, running away, because remember, Gordy was the first bird to disappear, Jamie. Uh, but now he's back, and DiBiase says he's not done with him yet. As Steve-O, they're going to talk about the Superfly, Jimmy Snuka. He says Snuka may speak softly, but those are the ones you have to worry about the most, I'll say. And sadly, Who would ever think Steve-O would explain an interview? <laughs> wow, yeah. To go to Steve-O, of all people, to analyze somebody else's promo. Amazing. Yeah, good, exactly. good point there. Good point there. Steve-O so, was way ahead of his time. So Steve-O says that Jimmy Snuka's actions speak louder than words. I wrote here, sadly, Steve's actions nor words speak very loudly for me but I've made my stance pretty clear by this point on Mr. Personality. Uh, leave poor Steve alone. It, what they should have did was make him the fourth Freebird and imagine what oh he could have turned into. Yeah, he could have been like a Rocky King, maybe. Oh, he'd have passed Rocky King. He would have <laughs> got, up, got up to at least the Bad Street level. You don't think he would have like the mask? You can't see Steve-O with the mascara on his eyes and all that good stuff running around ringside with tassels. <laughs> All right, I need a drink now. I'll be right back. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Pass the fucking potatoes! You gotta keep the little twofers clean. Uh, up next on the show, it's the NWA World Champion Harley Race stepping in the ring, scoring a win over Leroy Dargan, one half of the Dargan twins, Luther and Leroy there. Harley Race picking up a win here on television as we head off now to another promo from the NWA World Champion. For standing next to me right now, I'm referring, of course, to the World Heavyweight Champion Harley Race, the only man uh, living that has ever accomplished six times World Heavyweight Championship. Let me say this. Dusty Rhodes has probably 
fought as long and as hard as any human being has ever fought to achieve what he set out to gain. Well, Dusty, I'm there. I've been there for years. I have done it all. I heard what you had to say. And you're no less a man for wanting what I got. It makes you the man. It's here. Come after it. I'm not going to lay down and play dead, buddy. You're going to have to take it. And take it, buddy, at my expense. And tonight, of course, at the Omni, 8 o'clock. That title on the line, but you could lose via disqualification. I have heard some ridiculous rules in my time. But that is the topper. I've been involved in almost every kind of a match that there is possible to be involved in. From street brawls to legitimate, downhearted wrestling. And that's what you're going to get tonight. So Harley, talking for the second time here this week, says he's not going to lay down and play dead to the American dream. Dusty will have a fight on his hands if he wants to take the title at the Omni. So Harley Ray is still aghast at the title change on a disqualification stipulation headed into the Omni show, but he's been in street brawls and classic wrestling matches before, so he can do it again. I just wish I had appreciated Harley Race back then. I mean, as a as a younger fan, I hated Harley, and that was his job from for me to hate him. But watching these promos back 40-some years later, the man just had it. There's a reason he was the world champion. And this particular interview, and the one earlier on, is the reason why he was a champion. Yeah, you know, on a recent uh, episode of Bob Roop's show, he was talking about, he talks about Harley pretty often. He was a, they were pretty good friends, I guess, outside of the ring. And they worked together in the booking office as well in Florida at one point. But he, he was talking about Harley. When he spoke, you believed. And Harley was like, well, him and Oli, I think. And we've said that. I, you know, I think we, we share the identical point that Bob Roop said. There were certain guys that when they talked, it just felt real, and Harley was certainly one of them. I think I've said it before. To me, Harley Race was real, and it's not until years later that we did I find out he wasn't. But even watching this stuff back, you'd swear he was real. Yeah, you know, the first time I went through this show, I kind of let it play, and then I go back and take my notes and, and whatnot if I have the time to do it twice. And the first time around, he talked about street brawls, and I honestly, I was kind of zoned out. And I had no idea what the hell he just said. But so I went back, and I obviously I realized he's talking about street brawls, but he pronounced it Browls, and I just, I love that. Very Yeah, he had his own, he definitely had his own vernacular also. <laughs> he did. Uh, people talk about accents. You could have a Philly accent, a New York accent, a Southern accent, but Harley Race, he had a Harley Race accent. He just pronounced things the way he felt like, and that nobody was ever going to question it. Exactly. I, I'm guessing that's where Terry Gordy stole the Omni. Omni. Uh, the Omni. Absolutely. Uh, we go on here. Ken Patera also in handicap action, not to be outdone by Bruiser Brody earlier in the card. It's Kenny defeating the duo of Ricky Harris, the future Black Bart. And it says Leroy Dargan here, but I have to imagine it was likely his brother since uh, Leroy just wrestled Harley. This is probably Luther Dargan. They were twins after all. Also, the American dream Dusty Rhodes comes to town. You better get ready for Harley Race at the Omni. Dusty Rhodes scoring a win over Joey Cagle, traveling through the Georgia circuit here this week. And then Kid Patera back in the ring again, also here on the program, defeating uh, the future Man Mountain. Here, just Rick Link. Sir Rick Link. 
another guy that used to, and I believe I mentioned it in a podcast or two ago, that used to get my newsletter and would send me interviews of himself. Yeah, Sir Rickton Link, also uh, one of the uh, million people to, to defeat Jerry Lawler, I do believe, at a, for that Southern title up there in Mempho, once upon a time. But uh, yeah, Rick Link here doing jobs in Georgia back in 81, this time going down to Ken Patera. And I don't remember if this match is in the video or not, but I'd love to see Patera put the full Nelson on a guy the size of Link. I, it wasn't in the video I saw. Okay, fair enough then. As uh, we continue on, one more. No, we got a couple of matches left here. First up, oh, here we go. The brand new tag team in the ring together now. It's Terry Gordy and Superfly Jimmy Snuka downing the team of Tommy Wright and Rocky Sorter as they defeat Sorter following a Gordy pile driver and a Superfly splash talk about overkill and Snuka using sort of a Tongan death grip of sorts like a nerve hole to pin Sorter to the mat. Match goes six minutes, a glorious six-minute squash. Yeah, I forgot all about Snooker using the tongue and death gripper. I didn't even hear Gordon say that. I just, I thought he just used the uh, the stomach claw. And with somebody else that's going to be coming in a little bit later on, that's kind of interesting. Oh, no doubt. No doubt about it. I know exactly where you're going with that. But yeah, what a gr- very first time in the ring together. Just amazing chemistry between Jimmy Snooker and Terry Gordy. But I don't know that there's anything Gordy couldn't do or, or anybody Gordy couldn't work with. But the Superfly, he, his, uh, his brain was still halfway intact here in 1981. And he really held his own on his half of the matchup. And just uh, just awesome. I could go watch these guys every day. Yeah, like I was saying earlier, a badass tag team. And I would have loved to see them going territory to territory. Maybe the course of wrestling would have been different. Oh, well, that's, that's a good call. Had the world title, the world tag team titles, been a traveling thing, much like the world heavyweight title, man. Could you imagine everybody wanting to get their hands on Snuka and Terry Gordy, no doubt, to, to use them? Because, oh, my God, what, what matches they could have had all around the horn, all over the place. Just think about the teams. And you bring Michael back to be their manager. That is excellent. Yeah, that would definitely work because they'd certainly need a mouthpiece uh, trying to get over on those TV shows week to week in different territories. So very good call there. Michael Hayes would be perfect in that, that bill. As uh, we continue on, actually, we're going to look at the final match of the show first. It's a six-man tag team action featuring the wildfire Tommy Rich. Finally, nice of him to show up here on the show. Teaming with Steve O and Ted DiBiase, they're going to pick up a win here over Ted Allen, the French Angel, and Tucker Harris. So Tommy Rich uh, quickly falling down the totem pole, it it seems like anyway. And he's still, at this point, the Georgia heavyweight champion. Yeah, Tommy's uh, the champion for now. It's kind of crazy, though. He was so prominently featured not that long ago. Uh, winning the World Heavyweight Championship, and now he's relegated to one match in a two-hour show, a six-man tag team match at that, to close the show. And as far as I can see, no promo time this week. George Scott's obviously pushing all the chips in on the Dusty uh, Harley race match and doesn't want to get anything else that's close to overshadowing it or taken away from it. Because Tommy Rich is going to be right off the back on the top of the car before you know it. It's just kind of like a chill-down moment. They want to get this world title change in and move on. All right. Well, I would go along with that if he wasn't working so hard to get the brand new tag team of Jimmy Snuka and Terry Gordy over here. We see Snuka in the first hour. We see Gordy and Snuka in the second hour. And uh, they even get a second promo. So more promo time here. Right now, we're going to hear once again from the team of Terry Gordy and Jimmy Snuka. To my right and to my left, Terry Gordy. May I just say, gentlemen, that uh, I've seen a lot of new combinations, but I've never seen one uh, that works so smoothly so quickly. Well, let me tell you something, Mr. Announcer. You're going to totally see a totally different team combination. It's myself 
and my good friend here, you people out there better believe what I say is 100% coming out of my mouth to your people. Of course, you have contrasting uh, approaches uh, initially going into the ring. Hey, that's right, Gordon Sully, but we don't have to worry about that. You know, a lot of people, all they want to do is get out here and brag and brag. Well, I can come out here, Gordon, and I can say we're the best. But I don't have to because we know we're the best. Already, we've had one match together, and we know we're the best. We know that we're, we have the capability of stepping in that ring and beating somebody. And when I'm talking about beating, Gordon... I'm not talking about just pinning their shoulders to the mat. I'm talking about hurting somebody because me and this man right here, we like to get nasty. And that's just what we're going to do. We're going to get nasty. It don't matter if it's in Columbus, Ohio, Atlanta, Georgia. We're going to get nasty on somebody. Yeah, well, thank you very much, gentlemen. Tonight. So there it is, solely referencing how smooth they already work as a tag team. We can already touched on that ourselves as well, Jamie. As Terry Gordy talks about Getting nasty again and again here without, without Michael Hayes this time. The Freebirds got nasty quite often, but now Gordy going to do it with a brand new partner. Yep, he's going to be nasty again, like you just said, but without Michael. But it's the Michael Hayes influence. Gordy's not a bad interview here. Very slow, deliberate, getting his words out. So Michael has, uh, you know, like taught him well. Of course, Michael went off the handle <laughs> many, many a time, but that was because of outside influences. Right. Well, I was also going to say you, we are comparing Terry Gordy's promo to a Jimmy Snuka promo. So um, well, that's, he that's sounds like too. sounds like Dusty Rhodes coming out of that. As we continue on later that evening, June the 20th in Carrollton, Georgia, at the fairgrounds. Some of the matches on that show, Butch Reed over French Angel on a disqualification. Jimmy Snuka defeating Tommy Wright and Ted DiBiase and Steve-O retaining their titles over the team of Terry Gordy and Brian St. John. It's kind of unique because we're going to see Snuka in a lot of singles matches here over the next couple weeks. Uh, even though they're pimping the tag team on television, meanwhile, it's going to be Gordy teaming with St. John uh, on a few cards. You're right. Yeah, we just saw that uh, what last week, so here they're back again. But you know what's really a shame at this point? Butch Reed in an opener on a house show. Yeah, and he can't even score a pinfall. And he comes in so hot. Two big things in one episode. Talk about trying to get somebody over. First he... Buck got got him over, you know, with the Freebirds. Right. And then, uh, unfortunately, you had the... The Booker change, and you know they always say some guys just aren't other guys' guys, and I guess this is proof. You know, I he's still, not a I still don't not get... a George Scott guy. No, but the guy looked like a million dollars. He wasn't as cut as he winds up being, and he was he was know, certainly by green. the time he gets to Florida, and and he's green, but still he he had to look. Oh, I'm not arguing any of it. I mean, I, I agree with you, and, and and I don't understand George Scott's logic. I understand the booking logic. It's not my guy. Blah blah blah. But if I come in and somebody's already getting over or there's just been something, some angle that came down to where, you know, this guy can make me a couple bucks, if, even if it's just a, a one-off at one Omni show, I'm going to take it. I'm not going to go, well, you're not my guy, so I'm going to take you from working with the birds, beating up the free birds single-handedly, and taking on Brody later in the same TV program to curtain jerking. Now, Bro I don't think Reed has lost a single match since George Scott has come in here, but at the same time, he's not nowhere near being a focal point anymore. And he, it does seem like almost every night he's opening the show. Yeah, exactly. I wonder if he was, because we're not getting full episodes yet, I wonder if he was getting any interview time. 
It feels like probably not. uh, Yeah, I'm thinking no, only because of what we're going to see here uh, in the next few weeks in regards to interview time. Uh, Butch, we're going to have a tag team partner coming in here shortly, and they're going to really not give those guys the time of day. It's actually pretty sad, to be honest with you, but we'll get there when we get there. For now, we're going to continue on. Also, June the 20th, Chattanooga, Tennessee, Memorial Auditorium. Mike Jackson picking up a win over Phil Strickland. Also on the card, Ricky and Robert Gibson defeating the team of Buck Brannigan and Jim Duggan. It's Ted Oates over Ted Allen, Ken Patero defeating Iron Mike Sharp, and in the main event of the night, Wildfire Tommy Rich defeating Bruiser Brody on a disqualification. Kind of a light card here in Chattanooga. A lot of the prelim guys up and down, and then we get Tommy Rich and Brody in the main. But I'll, rip, I'll bet that Rich Brody match was probably fun to watch. Uh, it was certainly probably worth the, the admission. I'm not arguing that, and I'm not, I'm not really against the Gibsons taking on Duggan and Brannigan either. And hey, what, who, who doesn't like a, a nice opener with Mike Jackson going over? But in general, I mean, with all the talent here right now, it just seems kind of light. But we talked it's about actually, that. Yeah, yeah. The because uh, Chattanooga and Columbus, they just within the last six months, they were pushing both those towns really heavy. Right. And now it's, they're both starting to taper off a little bit. I feel like they certainly still work a little harder for the Columbus, Ohio area than they do Chattanooga. Chattanooga feels like an afterthought at this point, which is odd because it's their main town on Saturday nights. Kind of, kind of confusing to me. As we roll on, though, here is a town that is not uh, taken lightly uh, by any means. We're heading off to the Omni in Atlanta, Georgia, June the 21st, and the undercard. Wow, look at this. Mike Graham coming to town from the Florida Territory. Mike Graham going to pick up a win here over the French Angel to open up the show. I Go guess on. Daddy probably um, <laughs> Daddy probably sent him up there to, to witness the title change, make sure everything went off. Everything went smoothly. Get, come back and yeah. report to Bob. You know, again, I hate to keep <laughs> going back to Bob Roop on this show. But Bob talked about that and him being sent a few places for Eddie Graham to to just kind of oversee and report back. So I can totally see that's why Mike Graham is here on this card. Good call. You know, wh- why you mentioned the Bob Roop show. Yeah. If anybody's not listening to that, why aren't you? It, it's so informational. Uh, it, it's must listen for me every week. The, the San Francisco stuff was, you know, him, his coup to take it over. Turns out it wasn't even his coup. Right. It was somebody else's coup. He was just uh, one of the guys they asked to go along. I mean, it's everything I'm finding out on that program is just awesome. You you and him are a great team together, right? I appreciate it. I mean, you know, I, I kind of do my research and I have a format, but Bob takes it where Bob wants to take it. Uh, sometimes I have no idea what's coming. If you do listen, you'll, you'll see that from uh, week to week. But, uh, yeah, it's been a fun time. Most recently, we just talked about his first tour of Japan all of his time hanging out, doing karaoke with Nick Bockwinkle. Imagine that. I wish that was on film. Uh, but just uh, lots, of, lots of great conversation. I love it. So all you guys out there, if you're listening to this one, please listen to that one also. Yeah, that's the wrestling stoop with the legend himself, Bob Roop. As we head back here, though, the Omni, June 21st, we talked about Mike Graham defeating the French Angel. Also on the card, Terry Gordy once again teaming with Brian St. John, picking up a win over Ricky and Robert Gibson. Probably a fun match there. Also, Superfly Jimmy Snuka defeating Terry Taylor. I wrote random and very interesting to see Terry Taylor brought in for this show. Uh, maybe he was just driving through town, stopped the TV in the morning, the morning before, and they said, hey, you want to get paid? And come on the show. I was, was going to say, do you think maybe he drove Mike Graham up, up to Georgia for this show and that's how he got on here? It's very possible, but I believe Taylor is working Mid-Atlantic at this point. Mm, you could be right. Could be right. I could have my uh, my time frames off there. Also on the card, Battle of the Babyfaces is Iron Mike Sharp battling Bruce Reed to a draw. So see, this is where 
Uh, Butch Reed, it feels like that's this is as high as he's going to get here, going to a draw with Mike Sharp in the mid-card. Yeah, both guys are at the same level. I mean, I thought Mike Sharp was going to be in for a bigger push than he ended up with. I'll tell you this. I felt like Butch Reed certainly got far more over than Mike Sharp had in his time here, but Sharp did have something going there for a little bit with Ken Patera at this point. Both guys just kind of another face on the card. and In fact, two baby faces on a card battling to a draw here. Also, at the Omni, it was National Tag Team Champions Ted DiBiase and Steve-O defeating the World Tag Team Champions, the Minnesota Wrecking Crew, Ole and Gene Anderson. Now, obviously, the world title's not on the line. Thank God Steve-O did not capture the World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, but, man, it had to be a hell of a sight to see DiBiase and Steve-O defeating the world champions. Yeah, I mean, because this is post-stroke uh, for Gene, isn't it? Uh, I think it's coming up late, not too long after oh, this. Oh, okay, not too long after this. Yes. Uh, but he had just come on. Oh, that's right. He didn't have the stroke. He had broke his leg, and that's how he became the manager of Snooker there for a little bit. Right. Those were, so, those were uh, good times up in the Mid-Atlantic. Yeah, that was good stuff at that point. So, But it's good to see the World Tag Team uh, Champions appearing again at the Omni. Yeah, Oli and Gene creeping back into the territory, uh, most specifically Oli definitely creeping back into the Georgia territory, and he's going to be here to stay uh, before too long. But just uh, very unique that the local champions defeat the world tag team champions, which, which certainly puts them in, in a good spot here, and uh, hopefully I'm assuming DiBiase got the win there for his team. Also on the show, Black Jack Mulligan. Now, I've seen it reported that he goes to a no contest here with Bruiser Brody, but I've also seen it reported that Bruiser Brody wins this match by disqualification. And after listening to upcoming promos on the next episode of TV, I- I'm pretty strong with the, uh, the the finish that Brody goes over here on a DQ because it sets up the return match. And Brody even, uh, we'll, we'll listen to it, guys, but Brody even mentions that he won this match and Gordon Sully doesn't argue it. So I'm going to go with the, uh, the idea that Brody did go over here uh, over Blackjack Mulligan on a DQ. And I'll bet that was another nice wild brawl. I mean, obviously, we already saw the interview with Mulligan from the other week, the VTR that was sent in, it sounded like they were wrestling in more than one city and territory. So I'm sure they put on a decent match this night. Yeah, and I, they actually will show some of that matchup, highlights of that match on an upcoming episode of TV from the Omni here, this uh, matchup between the two. But we don't see the finish, which I thought was interesting. But they were in and out of the ring. They brawl all the way backstage to end the contest. So needless to say, we will get a rematch before too long between those two big boys. As uh, we continue on here, oh, this is uh, this is where things get good on the program. Ken Patera, first of all, defeating the Wildfire Tommy Rich to win the Georgia heavyweight title. Uh, there was no play for Tommy on TV this week heading into this title matchup, and then we get the title change. As uh, George Scott, I thought, determined to bury everything that was working here. Now, I know you disagree with me, but first thing he does is dismantle the Freebirds. Then he forces Ted DiBiase to team with Steve O., and now he cuts Tommy Rich's TV time down. Sure, it's just for a, a short span. We know Scott's not even going to be booking for very long, but uh, I just don't see these guys as George Scott guys, so to speak. And Tommy Rich kind of suffers here, immediately losing to a former Mid-Atlantic uh, top-level talent in Ken Patera. So uh, I'm not knocking Patera. I, I'm, I'm happy with him winning the belt here. Uh, he certainly deserved it, former Intercontinental Champion, former Missouri Heavyweight Champion. So it's not like this is unbelievable or anything like that, but I just thought, well, eh, it was kind of kind of uh, rushed here. Is Patera going to score the win, but uh, kind of questionable as uh, Tommy Rich could have his foot under the bottom rope, referee going to miss it, and Patera will take the title. Yeah, Patera came in at the right time. He came in right at the end of the, the Robley-Watts regime. Mm-hmm. And who takes over but 
one of his favorite guys in George Scott who pushed him heavy in Mid-Atlantic for right. how many years? And so it's not surprising that George Scott puts the Georgia belt on him as soon as he comes in. Well, it works out well. Like you said, Patera was already there when Scott got there. So it was just like an extra <laughs> extra boost for the uh, George Scott era here in Georgia Championship Wrestling because he's already got a couple of his favorite guys here when he gets here. One being Kim Patera, who's already been established doing the feats of strength on television, already having issues with Tommy Rich and Mike Sharp and things of that nature. So it just worked out. It wasn't as questionable and noticeable as some of the other ideas here uh, when Scott first enters. But uh, like you said, nothing against Patera winning the title. I'm, I'm all for it. That's fine with me. It seemed a little quick in Tommy Rich's title run, but you'll have those things happen here in the territories as we head on now to the main event of the night, where it is the American dream, Dusty Rhodes, defeating Harley Race to capture the NWA World Heavyweight Championship on a disqualification. No, I'm just kidding, guys. Actually, it's Dusty Rhodes. This actually seems more impossible. Dusty coming off the top rope with a crossbody block, one foot, as Gordon Sully will put over later. But it's Dusty Rhodes coming off the top of the crossbody to defeat Harley Race for the NWA World Championship. Uh, you caught that too, the one foot off the rope. How could you not? He said it by, repeatedly. By Gordon. Now, I just rewatched this match and, and heard that. At this time, did the NWA have the, I, I know they're ignoring it with Snuka, but did they have the UK come off the N, the uh, top rope and it was a DQ? I don't believe so. Okay. Because right. I, I know Bill Watts pushed that when he returned to WCW there in the early 90s. And I don't know why I had that in the back of my mind. Well, that was, that was, that was, a, that, was a rope, but... that was a Mid-South rule. You couldn't come Oh, it was just a Mid-South rule. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So but, obviously. But when I heard right. Gordon say that, that's what popped in my mind. Oh, he kind of got away with a new you know, could change on disqualification. You get away with a move like that. But but we see Snooker come off the top rope all the time, so it can't be in effect. Right. I think the, the NWA rule was you couldn't come off the top rope and do anything directly into the throat area. I believe that was a disqualification. Okay. Uh, so uh, other than that, yeah, it was just like a Watts deal, no top rope, which, I mean, I, I understand that he has a logic, and it, it's sound logic on paper, but it just, as a fan, it never worked for me. And it's great they showed almost the entire match. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We get it on TV, the world title change here. And Dusty Rhodes probably had something to do with it. Make make me look good, baby. And it wasn't your grainy uh, house show film. No, no, no. What do they call that? 16 millimeter? Right. Um, It was regular TV cameras because that that was an excellent picture, at least the uh, the version I saw. Imagine that. It's like they knew there was going to be a title change or something like that. And something so big that they brought different types of cameras and things of that to, to film this uh, championship title change here in the Omni. And you have to wonder, did they just use that camera for that specific uh, matchup or, or, or are there multiple matches filmed with that camera? Because the Brody and um, Blackjack match, that's just the old handheld or the old uh, 16 millimeter meter ringside. So it's kind of interesting. Yeah. They probably didn't want to spend the money on the rest of the show. Who knows? Maybe Dusty paid it out of his own pocket. That's what I was wondering. Did Dusty pay his own production team to just come in there, rent them for the day and uh, make sure to capture that thing? I wonder if he threw Freddie Miller a 20 spot because oh. Freddie was the special ring announcer for that one. The rest of the show that I forget what the guy's name is, the, the older guy with the gray hair that kind of resembles Les Thatcher a little bit. He was sitting at ringside. I look at stupid stuff like this. When, <laughs> when, when Freddie gets out of the ring, he gives a microphone back to that guy who, who I recognize. And he sits next to Jim Crockett for the rest of the, the match. So he probably threw Freddie, you know, a little 20 spot. 
hey, you ring announce this one, baby, because it's going to be the call of your life. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, you got to imagine Freddie had ends uh, there in the uh, production department, obviously, with the TV station and whatnot. So uh, it very well could have been uh, given Freddie, uh, you know, the night of his life, getting to call the uh, the action there from ringside as far as announcing the, the heavyweight champion and challenger. But now Dusty Rhodes, it's Big Dust, the new NWA world champion. We're going to hear from Dusty here on the next episode of TV, but in order to get there, got to look at a few more house shows in between, guys. As we head off to the following night, uh, June the 22nd, Augusta, Georgia, Bell Auditorium, Iron Mike Sharp over the French Angel, Bruce Reed defeating Brian St. John, Ricky Gibson over Big Jim Duggan, Superfly Snooker defeating Robert Gibson, and in the main event, it's Ken Patera and Terry Gordy, another awesome team, uh, scoring a win over Steve-O and Ted DiBiase, I have to presume. The titles were not on the line there, and we're going to see that match again here the following night, June the 23rd, in Leslie, Georgia, it's Robert Gibson over Duggan, Ted DiBiase defeating the French Angel, Terry Gordy going to a draw with Butch Reed, so there we have that. And in the main event, again, Ken Patera and Jimmy Snuka, well, I guess the night before it was Gordy, Gordy and Patera, now it's Snuka and Patera going to a double disqualification with DiBiase and Steve-O, so kind of odd. They really pushed that Snuka-Gordy team strong, and it's not because they're both not on these house shows. They're both in the same buildings, but they're not teaming up together. Yeah, kind of weird. But I'm sure George Scott had a reasoning for it, or maybe George isn't even booking the individual towns. I'm just wondering if they're just trying to, I don't want to say protect the team, but just give it away. You know, just kind of sim- let it simmer for a little bit and let it build on TV before we start getting it on the house. It's kind of what Vince would do, and even his dad would right. do back in the day. You know, film, film okay. some matches with the guys before they ever made it to the house shows. Maybe they want them over before they really, you know, put the team out there. That's all I can come up with. I'll agree with you. Well, I appreciate that. As uh, we roll on, June the 24th, Columbus, Georgia, Memorial Auditorium, Ted Oates over the French Angel. It's Steve-O and Mike Sharp ugh, going to a draw with Brian St. John and Jim Duggan. Superfly Snuka over Butch Reed. So Reed's starting to do jobs, but at least he's working higher profile matches. Jamie, let me ask you, would you rather keep Reed and the preliminaries going over every night or having him do jobs to guys like Snuka and Gordy? I guess you can learn from guys like Snuka and Gordy. That's what I'm but- I'd want to keep him strong, but I'm going to guess maybe that is his reasoning. Yeah, obviously, in order to get better, you have to work better talent. So I'm loving the matches here. I just hope, you know, we can't actually see these matches. I hope that, you know, Reed came out looking strong before he did the job. In that instance, I don't have a problem with these uh, matches with Snook and Gordy. Give me those every day of the week over watching Butch Reed go to draws with, with Brian St. John and things of that nature. I mean, it's it's kind of the same premise with uh Jim Duggan. Duggan's been here since early February. Right. Working all these house shows and and some TV and, you know, going from a a little push to a to a no push, but he's learning. Oh, absolutely. And Duggan's been yeah, he's been here very quietly, been here a very long time. Uh, longer than nor- normal, uh, a normal stay here, especially for somebody working the undercard, if you will. Uh, but Jim Duggan's been here for quite a while and obviously really owning his craft. He's uh, getting better and better every time we see him getting bulkier and bulkier two every time we see him. Uh, so Big Jim Duggan, look out, guys. He's going to be a star someday as we continue on here in Columbus, Georgia. It's Tommy Rich over Ken Patera on a disqualification. The new Georgia heavyweight champion, Ken Patera, I should point out. He will retain there, losing on a DQ. And in the main event, Terry Gordy battling Ted DiBiase to a double countout. Bet that was a hell of a match. i got to agree. That's a fun little doubleheader there, Patera and Rich rematch. Hey, Snook and Reed, I'll, I'll take that too, but... Yeah, Gordy and DiBiase in the main event. DiBiase said he hadn't forgotten about Gordy on TV, and it plays out here in Columbus 
As we roll on to Marietta, June the 25th, Cobb County Civic Center once again. The French Angel battling Robert Gibson to a draw. Big Jim Duggan over Robert Gibson. I think one of those should read Ricky, I would have to imagine. Uh, Iron Mike Sharp over Brian St. John on a DQ. Really? Sharp couldn't get the win there. And in the main event, six-man tag team action. Look at this trio. Jimmy Snuka, Terry Gordy, and Ken Patera defeating the, wow, what a team here. Wildfire Tommy Rich, Ted DiBiase, and Steve-O. So minus Steve-O, I wrote, wow. Even with Steve-O, is still a <laughs> wow. I, he wasn't that, yes, Mr. Personality, but he was still solid in the ring. But he wasn't star-studded like these other names. He, was, he wasn't main event box office money. Compared, I'm just saying. I, I don't have a problem with him being in here. He's tag team champions with DiBiase. I'm not saying it doesn't make sense. It's just I'm not really excited for that name. And well, you know who did the honors in this match? Oh well, absolutely, Tommy and Rich. That's why he was there. This would have been a good six man <laughs> match. Guys, to, uh, I'm joking, guys. Steve-O. This would have been a good six man match to finish out an MSG card. Oh, it certainly would have. I mean, man, wow, with this talent, yeah, you just don't want to go into curfew. That's you got to avoid that. No, that's true. As uh, we roll on, we got another TV show here to look at, Jamie, before we close up shop. June the 27th, Atlanta, Georgia, WTBS Studios, per the usual. As we head off right away, Gordon Soli standing by with a singing Bruiser Brody. Happy trails to you until we meet again. That's for you, Cowboy Mulligan, because you're on a long-distance trip. Let me tell you something, you know more about me than my own mother does, because you're right about one damn thing. When I come in the door of that Omni, I'm going to arm myself. I'm going to kick that dressing room door open, and when I come to that ring, you better believe I'm going to have something in my hand, and I'm going to march right into that ring, and I'm going to smack you alongside your big country dune head. And everybody in Atlanta, Georgia, and the United States is going to know a big mouth you can't back up. Well, thank you so very much, Mr. Brody. I think that concludes uh, uh, our conversation. Happy trails to Black Jack Mulligan. But man, does Brody get bleeped a lot here. Uh, and it'll happen again, Jamie. Yeah, I wonder if it's bleeped from the original broadcast or somebody did some editing uh, as time has gone on. I don't know why somebody would, I, I know for a fact that he says ass here in an upcoming episode, straight on camera. Obviously, it gets bleeped. I don't know how it damn didn't, honestly, back in 81, but uh, he says ass uh, in an upcoming episode that definitely gets bleeped out. Uh, just like that, uh, it goes silent, and it's just amazing what he got away with there, and, and nobody ever really, you know, got onto him. Yeah, hey, and that, him singing, that's priceless. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Hey, Gordon Sully ending that again, sounding a little bit... Uh, I'm not not so happy uh, with his time with Bruiser Brody, but that's going to change. We're actually going to see in, in future weeks Brody coming up to Gordon Sully, greeting him with a handshake, coming in front of him rather than behind him. So maybe somebody does have a word with Brody. I'm not saying that he did that specifically because he was he was in fear of his job, because we know that's not true. But maybe he was trying to just be respectful to Gordon. Yeah, maybe somebody took him aside. Maybe Dusty had a conversation with him. Well, we know Brody's going to stick around for a little bit, so that's uh, not going to be an issue here. As Brody continues his feud with Blackjack Mulligan, a rematch set for the next Omni show, no disqualification. We'll talk a little bit more about that as the uh, shows go on. But up next, we get a pair of promos, Jamie, from a pair of brand new champions. First, we're going to hear from the new Georgia heavyweight champion, Ken Patera, followed by the new NWA world champion, the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. 
the Georgia State champion, Ken Patera. Now I'm collecting all the gold. You know, a lot of people say, Ken Patera, we all know that you won the Pan American Games. We all know you went to the Olympic Games. We all know that you won several world championships, international championships. Where are the medals? Well, take a look. Pan American Games medals. As time goes on, I'll explain more about that, but we're not talking about amateur things. We're talking about the big time. We're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about who is the champion. Hey, no respect, you know? There's going to come a time when Ken Patera is going to have the respect of everybody around here. I had to just walk out of here, but I'll just keep out of here and keep rapping. See, no respect. No respect. And that's what Tommy Rich had no respect for Ken Patera. Well, Tommy Rich, you have a little respect now. How about Ted DiBiase, Dusty Rhodes, Harley Race, anybody, Bruiser Brody? I'm the champion. Anybody can come after me. I'm not a closet champion. I'll stand on my own two feet and fight anybody, anytime, anywhere. Thank you so very much. Ken Patera, the new Georgia heavyweight champion. I want to take a moment right now, heavyweight wrestling champion. I'm referring, of course, to the American dream, Dusty Rhodes. And Dusty, congratulations. Thank you, God. And you know, Dusty Rhodes, the American dream, filled a lifelong dream with this thing right here just recently. Hey, champion, would you mind me interrupting you? I'm not even going to ask you. I'm going to take some of your time, boy. You might be the world champion by beating Harley Race, but you haven't wrestled Ken Patera yet. And when you do, I'll have these gold medals, I'll have this gold belt, and I'll have your gold belt too, Dusty Rhodes. God, and I hope his muscles don't overload his body, you understand? If they get in his way, if he wants some of the gold, some of the real gold, if it gets in his way, all he got to do is jump on this little bully right here and I'll tear his honey completely up, Jack. Because I'm holding the gold now. I, the people of this country, Dusty Rhodes is world's heavyweight champion, and I like it, Jack. And it's going to take a good man to beat the dream now. But Tara, like I said, don't let the muscles overload your mind, Jack, because it's just going to cause you to get a whipping. Well, there you have it. The comments from the world heavyweight wrestling champion, Dusty Rhodes. What an outstanding individual. So Kenny says he's not a closet champion, even stepping in to challenge the American dream. How big of you, Ken? Because you wouldn't be a fighting champion there. You'd actually be the challenger. So, of course, Patera wants that title shot. While in the meantime, Dusty Rhodes making sure everybody knows here, Jamie, that he holds the real gold. I can't believe he said that. Uh, not that. Not that measly regional title held by Ken Patera, if you will. Dusty just wants to make sure everybody knows. And I'm not picking on Dusty. I love Dusty. <laughs> I love Dusty then. But he just wants everyone to know who the real bull of the woods is, baby. <laughs> it's just Big Dust being Big Dust here. As a, yeah, perfect, congratulate. perfect analogy. <laughs> dust being dust. Yes. Yes, Ken Patera, you are the new champion. But that's just a regional title, baby. This, this is where it's at, Jack, the NWA World's Heavyweight Champion. American Dream Dusty Rhodes is here at least for the time being, as we go on. We see next in the ring. Oh, got to mark out for this one. It's the return to the area of the masked superstar, Bill Eady back in town, scoring a win here over Bob Owens in four minutes and 45 seconds with his infamous Cobra hold, the Cobra Clutch. One of the first heels I ever liked, and they both occurred in 1981. 
I didn't like him here at, at this point, but as time goes on, he wears me down with all those interviews. And him and, and when Piper arrives later on in the year, that's when I first start liking heels. And I was going to say that's that's what sold you out heels. Th- those two, superstar and Piper, just from their interviews. Are you saying it wasn't Michael Hayes? Oh, you got me. Uh huh. Well, although, well, although by the time you started watching, Hayes wasn't there too much longer as a heel. That is the excellent point because I had seen the Freebirds in '79 watching. True, that's right. Mid South. But I wasn't a big Michael Hayes guy then as I would become Michael Hayes later. And actually, I get behind Michael Hayes when he's a face, but a lot of revisionist history there, right? Okay. Okay. That's fair. That's fair, too. Fair assessment. Uh, Superstar was also one of my favorites. Actually, I think the first time I remember him was his run in the very early Hulkamania era of the WWF. I wanted him to win the title. Of course, you know, that doesn't happen. He disappears. He'll be back as Axe. And I love Demolition. So that's cool, too. But I always love Superstar because. He just spoke intelligently to you. It wasn't your typical heel promo, per se. And when he got in the ring, he got the job done. Oh, yeah. Uh, I met him and Darso at an independent show about seven or eight years ago here outside of Philadelphia. And they were sitting at the table, you know, peddling their stuff. You know, I, I talked to both of them and I told um, told Bill Eady, you know, my favorite uh, persona of yours was the mass Superstar. And I, I wish you'd have had a longer run in the WWF with it. Right. And he says, well, I'll tell you what, if you ever see that son of a bitch, he owes me <laughs> 10, he owes me 10 grand and I'm going to collect it one of these days. <laughs> wow. Nice. <laughs> good story. So we had a good laugh over it. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was funny. You know, he, you know, kayfabe still, still is alive with Bill E. Yeah. yeah, that's, that's very true. And I'll tell you another thing about uh, the superstar and it doesn't really, do much here for Georgia. It means it says a lot to me because I'm not really a big collector. I love magazines. I love, you know, any kind of, you know, old programs, things of that nature. I love to collect things like that, but in general, I'm not a big uh, collector of belts and, and all that, that type of stuff, but I do have two signed mask superstar masks. And that's probably the only thing I really own outside of posters, magazines, car, you know, things like that. So I'm, I'm pretty happy to say that I have two of those and uh, he signed them for me and uh, signed the mask superstar, of course. So, um, yeah, but pretty cool deal to me. Yeah, that that's cool. I would like to have those myself. As uh, we roll on, guys, uh, we've seen the Mask Superstar return. We've seen Jimmy Snuka back in action here. Kim Patera has been here for a while. But up next, another George Scott boy, another newcomer to the Georgia territory. It's Jay Youngblood here in this interview. And I want to take a couple of moments right now to interview a young man that we're going to be seeing in action a little bit later on. I'm referring, of course, uh, to the sensational young uh, uh, Jay Youngblood. And first of all, welcome to Georgia Championship Wrestling. Thank you, Gordon. It's a pleasure being here. You know, there's only one reason that I am down here. And I think everybody knows, and that's Jimmy Snuka. You know, about eight months ago, the man took it upon himself to break my leg, to put me in the hospital for three months. Jimmy Snuka, Jay Youngblood is here. Not Chief Wahoo McDaniels, brother, but Jay Youngblood. The man that you broke his leg. And I want you to listen. I want you to listen real close. There's many, many titles around the world. There's a world title. But I'm not here for that. Because the man that holds it now is doing a heck of a job. I'm here for one thing. And Snuka, that's to get revenge on you, brother. Indian revenge. Snuka, what you did to me was uncalled for. 
No man should ever get in the ring again. Again, excuse me. But Snooka, you never probably ever thought in your entire life that you'd see my face round again. Well, I want you to take a good look at this face because I'm here to get your tail, Snooka. And I'm not going to quit until I do. And I want you to remember that. I'm not here for no titles. I'm not here for nothing else except Indian revenge, Snooka. Like I said, you probably never, ever thought you'd see the likes of Jay Youngblood again. Well, I'm here, brother. And I'm here for your leg. And anything that you want to put up, Snooka, I'm going to break it. If I have to take you from pillar to post, my friend, I've chased you all over the country. But I finally found you in Georgia. And now I'm on your tail. And I want you to remember that. First Snooka, then Edie, and now Jay Youngblood, Jamie. George Scott getting his Crockett boys in here. As Youngblood says, he's here for revenge on Jimmy Snooka, who broke Jay's leg eight months ago, along with Ray Stevens. That actually did happen up in the Mid-Atlantic. But uh, uh, So Jay noticed, was put on the shelf for three months, he says, by the Superfly, as he randomly makes it clear here in this promo, he is not Wahoo McDaniel. I wrote, hmm, okay. That was a little weird. Uh, Youngblood, not here for the world title, or any title for that matter, just here for the Superfly. He calls it Indian Revenge. So I wrote, not the best promo, Jamie, but I believe I found a new term. Indian Revenge, as Native American leg bones seem to break easily here in professional wrestling. Well, that's at least three Indians in the that's last few years. Of. There you go. Native. Well, I'm Indian. I can say Indian. Well, I, you know, I just uh, I thought it was funny here, and he'll do it again. We'll hear it again here in the same episode. He makes it very clear for some weird reason out of nowhere. I am not Wahoo McDaniel. I don't know what that means. I didn't get it either. I mean, actually, that interview, I, I could call him Mr. Personality number two. You, after you that. certainly could. You cer- he certainly earned that right. They could be certainly a tag team of sorts. Keep them off you, the mic. You, you would think George Scott, though, would have had access to when he broke his leg. Sure, you would and, think so. And just and just showed it real quick. Yeah, go back in here. Yeah, yeah, good call. And because, because that's something that they would do in the territories back then, if you're going to use an angle from someplace else. You know, try to get the film and show it, unless there just wasn't any film left, because they did record over everything back then. Well, that or I'm wondering if Jay got the job and they came up with this after the fact. You know, he got, showed up to TV that day. They said, hey, let's let's do this. Oh, okay, that's what we're doing. I'm wondering if they just didn't have time to go gr- try to grab the, the footage either. So, that's a possibility. As uh, we go on, we see the brand new tag team, it would appear, of Bruce Reed and George Wells scoring a Master G, baby. Master G. And Butch Reed, hey, two guys that Watts used to try to replace the dog. Uh, Reed succeeded a little more than Master G, but uh, they'll team up here and score a win over the French Angel and Jose Medina. Funky Cole Medina. Oh, that would have been a tag team. There you go. That, that's Medina. a Tom Robinson line. <laughs> Master G. Tom used to call him that. <laughs> uh, that. That sounds like something Tom would do. But Master G now in town teaming up with uh, the well Bruce Reed. So it's uh, pre-Butch and pre-Master G here. But they score the win, so another tag team in the running. As we go on, it's Wildfire Tommy Rich over Bruce Gallagher. Also, we see Terry Gordy and Jimmy Snuka back at it again this week on TV, beating the longtime veteran Abe Jacobs and Mike Fever. So we get a little more Gordy and Snuka this week. More Gordy and Snuka is a good thing. And looking back, I had no idea who Abe Jacobs was at this point. Right, just knew he was an old guy. (laughs) I just knew he was an old guy. And and here, to me, it's kind of the... The equivalent of Tony Altamore. I could see that. Certainly, I, I had no idea. Days. You know, when I saw Tony Altamore 
at the Spectrum or, yeah, at the Spectrum because I never saw him on the WWF TV. I'm thinking, who's this fat guy and <laughs> what, 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 why, why is he wrestling? And then I found out later on that he was Albano's original tag team partner and he was actually something once upon a time. Same thing a couple years later, I found out about Abe Jacobs was actually something once upon a time. Yeah, yeah, he'd been around the block for decades there in the ring, and a little more of a hand in the ring, I guess. Maybe never, never really made it per se, but he'd been around for decades. And in regards to Altamori, do you know that he also kind of worked for the office, kind of like a gopher? They used to send him around and keep an eye on, keep tabs on certain guys, including Hulk Hogan uh, his in his first heel run. I guess Altamori was kind of his chauffeur, so to speak, to keep him okay. uh, keep him under control. That's what I've been told. I had no idea about that, but I, I knew uh, Altamori was a good hand. Yeah, or as Hulk Hogan referred to him, Tony Altamont. That's that's what you get with the Hulkster brother. As uh, we go on, well, they got to address it here. The big elephant in the room, the NWA world title change. Gordon Sully hosting the NWA world title matchup, making it a big fight feel here at the Omni. Uh, we're going to hear from Gordon as he throws it to the matchup. We're going to see highlights from that match. It's going to be followed by Dusty Rhodes cutting a promo as the new world champion. And then we're going to hear from the former champion, Harley Race. The voice of championship wrestling. Here we are at the Omni in Atlanta before a total sellout crowd as two greats of the wrestling world, six times world heavyweight wrestling champion Harley Race and the American Dream, former world heavyweight champion, collide for the world title. It's going to be a tremendous contest. The odds makers are saying that Harley Race is finished. However, he is six times world heavyweight champion. No way can you count this man out. And yet, the tremendous drive, the tremendous desire of the American dream, Dusty Rhodes, is yet to be reckoned with. Let's go now as we watch these two contestants enter the ring. Now, Dusty Rhodes coming into the ring. It's Rhodes. Only one foot on the top rope, and he dives off that top rope. Hands him in a crossbody block for the count. He has the count. Dusty Rhodes came off with only one foot on the top rope. He came off with only one foot on the top rope. And you can hear Fedlin breaking loose here at the Omni Arena. And Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes has just defeated World Heavyweight Wrestling Champion Harley Race. Well, there you can hear the excited uh, sounds of the crowd here at the Television Sports Arena. Dusty Rhodes having his first opportunity since that tremendous victory to view exactly what did happen. And I imagine you had to relive that match all over again. Uh, I'll tell you what, it's a hell of a high. It's uh, something that uh, you always dream of doing, dream of being. But uh, the main thing is that for Dusty Rhodes, it was being able to promise the wrestling fans something for so long and then finally being able, after they've been so damn good to me, give them back what they really want, and that's the world that wakes out. Well, of course, Dusty, there's one man who's extremely upset over this. Obviously, it's Harley Race. I guess he would be upset. He's going home for the summer. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, Dust. he did have some pre-recorded comments that I think you uh, really ought to listen to at this particular time. So let's turn now to these previously recorded comments of Harley Race. Now, I'm telling you, head on, straightforward, that I'm coming to take your belt. I'm coming to retrieve what rightfully belongs to the undisputed world's heavyweight champion, a man that's been there six times around. 
Columbus, Ohio, I'm going to pound you till you beg me to stop. I'm going to take back what's rightfully mine. I'm going to take back what I devoted my whole entire life to have. It's coming back home to the master of wrestling. Let me tell you something, Holly Race, whoever it may be, you know, uh, number one contender he is, he gonna have his chance. It's right here up on it, he'll have his chance. But let me tell you right now, and make it perfectly clear, it took a long time to get where I'm at. Now you can take Ted DiBiase, you can take Tommy Rich, you can take Ken Patera, you can take Bruce Brody, you can take Holly Race, you can take Jimmy Sugar, you can take all of the great athletes in the world, Ric Flair, while all the men around the world. Let me make one statement to him right now. When you come for it, when you come for it, you better bring a load, you understand? Bring all you got, because 260 pounds of screaming steel and sex appeal, the new world heavyweight champion, gonna be all over anybody that wants any of it, because me and my people ain't backing up from nobody now, Jack. I'm the world champion, I'm gonna stay that way. There you have it, the comments from the world heavyweight wrestling champion, Dusty Rhodes. So there it is, Gordon Sully selling it hard, Dusty Rhodes, only one foot, one foot on the top rope, kind of like Shawn Michaels at Royal Rumble 95, one foot, one foot, but uh, Gordon uh, was uh, marveled by that here, Dusty coming off of that one foot, Jamie. Hey, you know, Dusty did have agility for a man his size. Oh, I'm not going to deny that, especially back in this time period, as uh, they refer to it as a hell of a high, that's what Michael Hayes said. Uh, Dusty Rhodes, the new champion, Harley Race, clearly upset, coming back to take back what rightfully belongs to him. Six times NWA world champion coming to Columbus, Ohio on June the 28th for a rematch against the American Dream. So, again, doing a little bit more with Columbus than they are with Chattanooga. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Also, Dusty Rhodes here joking that, of course, Harley's upset because he's going home for the summer, Jack. He's not the champion anymore. Dusty Rhodes name-dropping several stars from the NWA, calling them all on to get in the ring. And then Dusty referring to himself as uh, only 260 pounds. I wrote, come on, Dust, who do you think you're fooling? Even looking at him, he was much thinner here, but he was not as thin as he was against superstar Billy Graham a couple years earlier. Oh, well, I'm not trying to, to mock him. I'm just saying that's not 260 pounds. That's all I'm, that's all I'm saying, guys. Is, uh, 260 pounds of twisted steel and sex appeal. There it is, baby. See, you you know what you're talking about, Jamie Ward. As uh, we roll into hour two, it appears Gordon Soley has randomly been replaced by Freddie Miller as the host of the show. Gordon, uh, apparently on special assignment. I put air quotes around that, guys. Special assignment, a.k.a. perhaps a, a trip to the local liquor store. You know him and Dusty, just like after Dusty won the belt, they went out out on the town. Out on the town. But Gordon was here for hour number one, so this, this is... I'm very confused as to what, what, what the hell's going on here. Gordon and Dusty are headed out for a nooner. A nooner. Oh, well, that's a good call because they're recording earlier in the day. That's very possible. Not the nooner you guys are thinking of, though. We're just talking about heading to the bar. I hope that's what he's talking about anyway. Yes, right? that's, okay. that's what okay. I'm talking just, about. Just making sure. <laughs> oh, my God, because the other one, oh, I don't even want to think about Rick, it. <laughs> Rick Flair would have been the different one. Both of them. No, I think he would have been both, right? Rick Flair. Yeah, Rick Flair and Gordon, probably. Brother. Uh, so Gordon Soley gone for the second hour. Freddie Miller here. He's standing by right now with the wildfire, Tommy Rich. Welcome to another exciting hour of Georgia Championship Wrestling. Gordon Soley is on 
Thank you very much. Special assignment for this hour. And Tommy Wildfire Rich, one of the most popular wrestlers to ever step in the ring here in Georgia or anywhere else in this country, is with us as our guest to open this hour. And Tommy, later in the program, they're going to see the match, the controversial match between you and Ken Patera, and you'll be here with us to watch it, where the title changed hands in Atlanta just a few days ago. You know, that's exactly right, Freddie. You know, it's been a big uproar about it. A lot of people said, why don't you uh, get in touch with the NWA, have the film viewed, and, and, and get your belt back. Get the people's belt back. Well, Freddie, that you know, that's never been my way. You know, you know, I, I come, I left, and I'm back, and I'm back because I finally I, I decided I'm going to stand up on my own two feet, and and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go after and. Anything I got to do, I'm going to do it. And Patera, he, you know, he's the Mr. Olympic champion, Mr. Muscles. You know, he's got it all. And he's the one that's home and lay down at night and, and think about how he beat Tommy Rich for the belt. So, and just like we said, Freddie, we got the film here, and I want all the people to see it. And, you know, I'd just like to say, you know, I'd like to say another thing, too. You know, summer's here, and, you know, I've seen all the pretty Georgia peaches here. You got a lot of new guys, Jay Youngblood coming in, Jimmy Snuka. You know, I think they're going to be a whole lot happier. In there, and you know, I just like to say it's good to be here in Georgia. Tommy Wildfire Rich, the former Georgia champion, wants his belt back, and rightfully so. And he still is popular here. You can tell by the response he generates every time he gets on you know, in this interview area or into the ring. And we'll be talking to Tommy and showing that match later. Thank you so much, Tommy Wildfire Rich. All right, there it is. Gordon Soley on special assignment. So Freddie Miller uh, hosting the second hour here as Tommy Rich, no longer the Georgia heavyweight champion. More on that later in the program. We did touch on that a little bit from the Omni show. But Tommy Rich, uh, no longer the main focus right now, if you will. Uh, he's taking a step back and... But he'll be back, reassured, no worries, people. No, it's kind of a reset button of sorts, not just for Tommy Rich, but for the territory. Obviously, we have a new booker. We've got new talent coming in, but also Dusty wins the world title, and that should be the focal point this week. Right. It, it should be all Dusty and maybe focus on some heels, but no other baby faces. It should only be, you know, Dusty. They have him in studio. Make Dusty the star. And uh, we heard from this gentleman earlier. We're going to hear from him again in, uh, in just a moment. But it is Mr. Indian Revenge, Jay Youngblood, scoring a win here over Gypsy Joe. As we go now, who booked this shit? A second interview standing by right now is Jay Youngblood. This Indian is on you, my friend. And I'm not going to stop until I put you out of wrestling just like you did me. And I have all the slack that I need. I got the Tommy Riches. I got everybody that I need to get you, my friend. And like I said, I'm going to do it if it's the last thing that this Indian does. The fifth is the last time you'll ever show your face around Georgia or any other place. Snooker, you're not messing with Wahoo McDaniels. You've messed with a, a wounded Indian, a man that you disgraced, a man that you put out of wrestling something that I put food in my mouth with. Snooki, you're going to pay the fifth, my friend. Thank you very much, Jay Youngblood. It's nice to have you here. He's a very determined man. So there it is. More Indian revenge on his mind. I said uh, that, well, that uh, certainly happened, Jamie, didn't it? Uh, very gung-ho Jay, Jay Youngblood proclaiming he is not Wahoo McDaniel for the second time on this program. I don't get it. Just a wild guess here, because Jay doesn't stay around very long. Spoiler. George Scott's probably just trying to get him some Exposure, kind of like Mr. Personality number one. Throw him out there and, and get him some experience. He had experience before with Steamboat, but Steamboat did most of the talking in that team. So he didn't do as much. Oh, I, I agree. I mean, you know, and that's another scary thought. Steamboat was the talker of that duo, and Steamboat was never a great promo. I think Steamboat had about two good promos I've ever heard. 
And, and of course, some, you know, maybe I'm missing a few somewhere. Maybe he got better in the 90s and I just don't remember. But by 1980s standards, Steamboat by far was not a very good promo. And for him to be better than Jay Youngblood, you're right, he was, because I heard a lot of their Mid-Atlantic stuff. But that's, that's a scary thought, as they let Youngblood cut a second promo here, and I'm just not understanding where they're going. And I don't know that they are going anywhere with this Wahoo thing. It doesn't sound like Jay's like really healing on Wahoo, but it's like, are you really that worried that the fans are going to confuse the two of you? And even if so, I mean, I wouldn't mind being, if people thought I was the legendary Wahoo McDaniel. Uh, they certainly don't look anywhere near the same, uh, in the, other than having the Native American gimmick. But uh, Jay Youngblood uh, is in town, like you said, not for very long, but he is here right now scoring a win here on television and uh, apparently coming for Indian revenge against Superfly Snooka. As we continue on here, more Georgia action. It's Wildfire Tommy Rich defeating Ken Timms. And then we're off to yet another promo here from the former Georgia champion. Tommy, we mentioned earlier at the beginning of this program that you were going to come out and help us by telling us something about your own feelings regarding the Patera-Tommy Rich match for the title where it changed hands controversially. Then we're going to show the fans. We're going to join it in progress in just a moment. What are your feelings about it? Well, you know, just like I come out here and said earlier, Freddie, the night, you know, you know, it was a big letdown, you know, because I worked so hard. I, I beat Harley Race. I got that belt. and I come back, I, I got the Georgia belt, and the people have been with me all the way. Oh, but then, you know, it's, you know, I was riding high. That's exactly right. Tommy Rich was riding high, you know, but I found out, you know, losing the belt made me realize what it really meant to me, Freddie, because just like I said, when I walked out of that ring, you know, I knew I'd win in there and give it 110%, and all the people at the Omni did, too. You know, and, and when I walked out of the ring, I could hold my head because, just like I said, I had nothing to be ashamed of because every one of them people patted me on the back and said, just hang with it, Tommy. And all I got to say to you is, Kim Patel, somewhere down the road, brother, don't ever overlook Tommy Rich because I'm going to be a thorn in your side. Tommy, right now, before we go any further, let's, let's join Gordon Soley and, and let's see the match that we're all talking about, Patera versus Rich. A stunning upset here. Tommy Wildfire Rich protesting the count. Protesting his shoulder and his foot. But nonetheless, the count was made. A count of three. Ken Patera emerges as the victor as the new Georgia heavyweight wrestling champion. Well, Tommy, there you had it. And uh, I know you're, you're, you feel real downhearted about it. The fans here, I rate when they watched it, but they're all with you. Pretty, you know, I feel downhearted about it, but I got a good feeling about it, too, you know, because just like I said, I know that the people of Georgia are strictly behind me. You know, I had a lot of people say, well, well, well why didn't you, you know, get the referee? You know, with Scrappy McGowan, I know Scrappy very well. He's a friend of mine. You know, and, and a referee's job, it's got to be one. I, you know, I've been a special referee before myself. And, 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 and to referee, it's got to be one of the hardest jobs in the world because everybody see, you know, the referee can't see everything. That's with football. I don't care what it is. And, and as fast a moving sport as wrestling is, you cannot see everything. So I have nothing against Scrappy McGowan, nothing against nobody. But Patera, just like I said, somewhere down the road, Huntington, West Virginia, Columbus, Ohio, right here in Atlanta, you know, it don't matter, Fred. Somewhere down the road, Patera, I'm going to run across you. And just like I said, Tommy Rich is going to be a thorn in your side. Tommy Wildfire Rich. Well, there you saw it. Here's a new... All right, so Tommy says losing the belt made him realize what it really meant to him. But he left with his head held high, Jamie. Nothing to be ashamed of. At that point, we go to a VTR back to the Omni, where we see Ken Patera, Kenny landing a back suplex, then making the cover, and referee Scrappy McGowan missing Rich's leg under that bottom rope and making the three count anyway. 
So Tommy Rich going to be a thorn in the side of Patera until he gets his rematch. Tommy, he was robbed at the Omni, and he deserves another title shot. This is one of the first times we've seen Scrappy McGowan, isn't it? Being that there isn't a lot of complete shows out there. Right. I don't know if Scrappy's been on TV refereeing or not, but just recently from whatever I've seen, I don't remember seeing Scrappy up to this point. And we've only seen um, Nick Patrick sparingly up to this point. And then from here on out, they're going to be staples on TBS. Yeah, good, good call there. And I feel like Nick Patrick has been here quite a bit, honestly. We just kind of missed him early on because he, you know, there wasn't a lot, whole lot to, to his refereeing as we noticed he was there. It became more obvious to me anyway that he was out there quite a bit for at least earlier in the year. I don't know about recently so much. They, they've switched things around some, but I hate to, you know, I don't know. I don't want to comment on if Scrappy had been here prior to this. I feel like we have seen him, but very, very sporadically. But again, I watch so much footage for so many shows. I can't say for 100% that Scrappy's been here, but I feel like he has, just not a whole lot. Uh, but it's good to see him here. You're right, he does become a certain, uh, a definite mainstay in the Georgia Territory as a referee moving forward. And Tommy puts him over, so it gives some credibility to him. Yeah, I saw Leilani Kai post some uh, pictures. They were out, a night out, you know, Scrappy was with him back in the day. Kind of fun to go back like 40 years and see Scrappy McGowan out partying with some of the you know wrestling stars. Oh, there's an interesting combination. Yeah, yeah, it's, Scrappy McGowan and Leilani Kai. Yeah. And there were some other people in the picture too, but she was the one that posted it. So those, those two stuck out to me immediately. I think Nick Patrick might've been in the picture too, come to think of it. So you, okay. you have to think it had, probably was around, you know, 81, 82 ish. So pretty cool. As uh, we roll on here, more action in the ring. Going to be Steve O teaming with George Wells and Bruce Reed. They're going to pick up a win over Brian St. John, Jose Medina and Snake Brown. Snake Brown passing through. And Big Jim Duggan also scoring a win here over Zane Hickey. Yeah, good to see Hacksaw getting a victory there. Yeah, on TV, no less. So, yeah, definitely good to see Jim Duggan still hanging around and still being used here on television, keeping him relevant for the house shows. Well, you have to. You got to throw everybody. Hey, even Roberto Soto got on television. Well, true. And would get a win every now and then. Yeah, Buck Robley, man, in some of the interviews he did, he was not a fan of Soto there. He said Soto would uh, really complain about having to do jobs, which kind of baffles me. But again, that was Robley telling the story, so who knows? As uh, we go on, we close out the show. We close out the same way we did last week. We're going to go back again as uh, Freddie Miller standing by with Terry Gordy and the Superfly, Jimmy Snuka. And Superfly Snooker here. Before we go, I know you must have some parting comments hey, for the fans. Right, Freddie Miller, baby, you know, just like I said before and just like I said again, baby, you know we're here to get down. Just like I said, it don't matter if we're in singles, if we're in tags, if we're in six mans. It don't matter where we're at. Columbus, Ohio, way across Georgia, Huntington, West Virginia, baby, we're going to be getting down. We're going to be getting down on the ground too, Freddie Miller. You know what I'm talking about. I do. Because me and my main man right here, Jimmy Superfly Snooker, is the man of the hour, the man with the power, baby, the man with the big splash off the top rope. And he really doesn't tell him about it, baby. Tell him. That's right, my man, Terry. All I want to just tell the people out there that we don't need nobody. All we need is just ourselves. The Superfly and my main man, Ted. So I want you people just to remember one thing. What you see is what you're going to get. And what you haven't seen is you're going to see the best. 
because this is where the best is at. And the best you're going to keep your eye on and make sure that you keep... Thank you both. Our time's up. Till next time, for our director, Skip Ellison, this is Freddie Miller. So long, everybody. Freddie, introducing Terry Gordy and Superfly Snooker here. Jamie? Uh, you you caught that, too. Oh, yeah. You can't help but notice oh. that southern accent's coming through. Freddie's another guy in his own vernacular, but Freddie was lovable. That's how my grandfather would have pronounced it, Superfly Snooker. So I, I kind of popped for that. I loved it. <laughs> As uh, Terry Gordy doing his best. I don't know if you, you caught this or you, you thought this way anyway, but I thought Gordy in this this promo, not so much last week, but here, I thought he was trying to channel Michael Hayes. I wrote a Michael Hayes impersonation this time around here for Terry Gordy in this promo. And, and boy, if you thought the Freebirds knew how to soar, quote unquote, high guys, think about it. Snooka and Gordy together. Woof. Can't even imagine the party time they had after the shows. That's what I'm saying. You team Michael up without Buddy Jack around, you know, this this would have taken the Freebirds to a whole new level. Well, you talked about yeah they <laughs> might not have, they might not have been here an, another year or two in the business or, or even on Earth. Uh, but you talked about Snuka finding Michael Hayes the remaining the remains of his stash. I mean, I'm sure Snuka had his own, and it may have been more potent than Michael's. <laughs> well, but then you combine them, and you know you go next level. Yeah, and then again they wouldn't be here. As we go on, uh, yeah, that's it. That closes out the show. That's going to be it. Jimmy Snuka and Terry Gordy closing the show for the second week in a row. The last thing we see on our TV screen, keeping them fresh in their mind. But, man, all Japan levels of goodness in the ring. Maybe not the greatest promos, but, man, what a talented team. And I, I'm looking forward to seeing them for the next couple months at least. Oh, yeah, they're going to have a good run. And I think you have a lot of complete shows coming up. So people better make sure that they uh, do watch them and follow along with us. Totally agree there. Jamie Ward knows what he's talking about. You guys better stay tuned. We're going to try to get some of those up. In fact, I posted the next couple of shows, or at least my version of the next couple of TVs after this up on my YouTube. Go check it out right now, youtube.com slash wrestling grenade. And I say that because there is other footage of those shows out there. However, mine, I feel is, uh, I don't want to say it's more complete. There's probably things on mine that you won't find on uh, the other footage that's out there on YouTube and vice versa, potentially. But I do feel that mine is a far the, the quality, the video quality is amazing. And I, I invite you guys to go check those out. Yeah, that's what I found when I just checked it out. Uh, there's stuff that you had that the uh, other source doesn't have on YouTube and, and vice versa. But your quality is amazing. I don't know, you know who you held up to get this quality. <laughs> uh, yeah, these are actually, I've had these for quite a while. I converted them to DVD years ago. And then I eventually converted them to digital files, which is why they've now made their way to the lovely world of YouTube. And I'm happy to have them on there. And here, here's what's cool, right? When I did my, even though I already had my YouTube search on for my Georgia 1981, when I brought up July 4th, because that's the first one you put up, mm -hmm. it went right to yours. Oh, very cool. Well, I'm glad people are, you know, utilizing it in the interim. And, and uh, hopefully it, you know, it takes off. People hear this and go check it out. It is free of charge, guys. It's right there on YouTube for your viewing pleasure. So hopefully, you know, you guys can kind of watch along, see some of the stuff we're going to be talking about next time out here on the program and the next couple of episodes here on uh, Regional Wrestling. And, uh, Jamie, it's that time of the show. We're going to close it up, close up shop. We looked at a couple more episodes of TV as well as a big Omni show featuring a NWA world title change. We've seen a few of those here this year in Georgia. Of course, Tommy Rich winning the belt, Harley Race winning it back, and now the American Dream taking hold of the championship gold. Uh, but uh, now we, as we close up the show, we get ready for more television, more Omni programs down the line. But until we get there, Jamie, uh, you got anybody you want to say hello to out there? Yeah, I might as well start off and uh, let everyone know that 
I'll be back on the other ship podcast coming up next weekend, I believe. I'll be on their uh, Oral Rumble preview show. So if you get a moment, please check out the other ship with Michael Herrick, Chris Spiker, Drew Samuels, and William Merriweather. Uh, and very, they, very cool guys. Yeah, very cool guys. They just don't talk wrestling. They talk a lot of different subjects. This week, I believe their show is uh, very music-centered. Uh, and they have um, Benji Fido, who is a uh, nationally known disc jockey, will be one of their guests. Oh, very cool. So, and if you get a chance, please check it out, people. All right. I love it. Yes. And uh, hey, guys, while we're here, let's promote the uh, upcoming GrappleCon. Barry Rose and Captain Nick Massey going to do the GrappleCon in Orlando. I believe it's April the 20th, if I'm not mistaken, Jamie. Yes. You're going to be there. I'm going to be there. Roman's going to be there. Yes, Roman will be there. And now all you have to do is talk Bob Roop and Gene Jackson and get there. We have the band together. You know, I was talking to Barry off air, and uh, he was like, we need to figure out a way to try to get Bob down here. So uh, we're working on it. I can't make any promises. We're, we're putting our heads together. We're trying to think of something we can come up with to get Bob down there uh, in regards to transportation and whatnot. But uh, that would be cool to have everybody down there like that. But it's going to be cool to run into both you and Roman at the same time. I don't know if Roman's much of a drinker, but uh, we we got we to gotta have a salute in some way, shape, or form when we meet up. Uh, if worse comes to worse, we raise a glass of milk. Well, Roman can raise a glass of milk. I'm I'm drinking liquor, <laughs> my, my friend. Uh, that's that's called vacation time. <laughs> I don't Got you. Coffee in the morning, maybe a water to hydrate before bed, but in between, it's all all alcohol all the time. That's how Ray <laughs> Russell rolls on his vacation. So, <laughs> but that's it's it was a fun time this week. It, kind of a fast show, as uh, it's not a whole lot of these uh, these episodes out there, the June July stuff. But very shortly. We're going to get to the point where every episode is out there almost in completion. So certainly by the time we hit August and throughout the rest of the year, and that's going to be big time because we're going to have, like you said, the star, it's going to get even more star studded, more stacked, uh, lots of big matches and lots of uh, great angles and things upcoming. Yeah, this we're about to enter a time period of not only when I started to get the complete episodes every week and started watching, but a lot of America, once you get to July of 81, Cable starts penetrating more areas. TBS is on a lot of those cable things. And this is where a lot of people fell in love with Georgia Championship Wrestling. And when Black Saturday occurs three years later, it's why so many people were upset. All right. Well, you said it all. I had Black Saturday. Ugh, I, I shudder the thought. Of course, that's uh, quite a ways off at this time. So we're going to enjoy Georgia here in 1981. And we'll see where we go next. Will we continue into 82 or what will we do next? We'll have to figure that out when we get there, Jamie. But for right now, just enjoying the time. We know so many you know, big things coming. Tommy Rich versus Mask Superstar. Michael Hayes versus Terry Gordy. Roddy Piper coming to town here before too long. It's going to be a tremendous time in the second half of uh, 1981 here in Georgia Championship Wrestling. But it's been a fun ride thus far. It's been a great ride. We're six months down, six months to go. Yeah, I'm looking very much forward to it. Thank you once again, Mr. Jamie Ward, for giving us a little of your time. My pleasure, and you know, next time you want me, just like shoot up a flare or something. I'll I'll know it's you. I'll find you. I have you now, and I shan't let you escape, ladies and gentlemen. Jamie Ward, once again, another great episode for Georgia '81. Oh, thanks for having me, Ray. All right, and that will wrap it up here this week on Regional Wrestling. Going to be back soon. More Georgia '81, more UWF '86, and more Memphis '85 right around the corner. And of course, as always, I am your host, Ray Russell. You can follow me on X at Wrestling Grenade. That's at R-A-S-S-L-I-N Grenade. Also, Facebook.com slash Wrestling Grenade. And we'll be back soon with more regional wrestling, where we talk the territories. Talk the territories.